3: With Mike Palm and Mike Pusher. Now here's your host, Timmy Abebathe, on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: It's a great day to be alive and it's a great day to be uh welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. and Bebefay alongside Mike Palm, our VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. And Mike, how are we doing today? I mean, now this is the Friday it's after the Super Bowl. The, kind of the uh the calm has has returned to Las Vegas after what a week last week was. There was Super Bowl 58, Chiefs over the 49ers, but how you doing? Is it better? What you betting on? What's been going on here over these last handful of days?
2: Well, um, I, I still think there's a glow in the city uh, for yeah. what an event that was and, and how well it was put on. And, and Nothing but off. high
1: praises from everyone.
2: Right. It, it really was. I didn't hear one person who came to Las Vegas for the event, whether it was an NFL official, whether it was media, whether it was just fans coming in that really had anything to complain about, um, which was um, – much different than the F one experience. So <laughs> hopefully this will this this will be part of a three or four year rotation for Las Vegas, and I'm sure they'll be back before the decade ends. Uh, yeah, um, 100%. yeah, now we're focusing on really for me. I, I'm not really a great NBA better. I don't do a lot of it. Focusing on college basketball and hockey uh, yeah. at this time of the year, and uh, we had a tremendous moment in women's college basketball last night. as Caitlin Clark? Dead. Past our own Kelsey Plum, Las Vegas, two-time champion and and kind of a diva symbol here, right? A sex symbol in Las Vegas. She's a Husky, Washington Husky,
1: (laughs) man. It's Plum Dog Millionaire.
2: so she passes the all-time record with a shot from the logo last night and i, I was surprised here i'm 80 of the people that were in the book and it wasn't full uh, let, let's make that clear mm-hmm. we're here to watch iowa and to watch watch her break the record so congrats to her she didn't get an extra year cheryl swoops she did it she did it in 12 less games than kelsey plum did it you know she's not shooting 40 times a day kim mulkey robertson oh wait robertson's gone now i guess it's kim mulkey again she shoots twenty-two times <laughs> a game. Don Staley, the officials, not because of the officials. Everybody's just so wants to put an asterisk by this poor girl, but. When you got Fox putting her on primetime on yeah. Saturday, they're drawing 2 million people to watch a women's college basketball game, which yes. is stunning to me.
1: I, I watched the game. It was a couple of weeks ago. They played Ohio State. That mm-hmm. was on uh, NBC, I believe it was. And it was like Sunday afternoon, like on a pr- pretty good yep. time slot there. It's been remarkable what she's been able to do. She only needed eight points last night. She ended up scoring 49 as Iowa beat Michigan 106 to 89. But, like, they did she's, not cover, by the way. They did not. It was 19 and a half is what it they were It opened laying? 18 here close 20
2: and a half so we we got we got the
1: money you got the money (laughs) michigan great teams cover there (laughs) but but i mean what she's been able to do for the sport i mean this isn't just this year this goes back a couple years now obviously last year going all the way to the national title game they lost to lsu but what she's been doing this year in this pursuit of history and and everybody wants to know can they actually win the national title clark has been i'm sure from a betting handle standpoint i mean it's been wonderful for the women's game that people have just been more interested which interest of course drives handle
2: I remember back when I was first betting, when I was in my, you know, and you would only get numbers posted on tournament games for women. Yep. And now you get them posted every night, right? Yeah. Especially all the top 25 games. So um, I think South Carolina is probably, I know Boston's, what even might be even better than they were last year. This is a it's really, crazy. Dawn Staley's built a juggernaut there. Um, we'll see if she can make a run and her team can make a run again. Um they're, they're actually tied for second in the Big Ten right now with Indiana and Ohio State's on top. Mm. Ohio State now ranks second. It's a real good conference for women's basketball. I thought when C. Vivian Stringer left that that program would fall. and you know, she, she went to Rutgers, but Lisa Bluter's come in and now brought it back to Great Heights. So certainly has been great for that. And now will it translate to the WNBA TV yeah. ratings, attendance, um, and, uh, and handle in the book? Um, as Elliot, our producer, points out, Probably headed to the Indiana Fever with the number one pick.
1: Yep, uh, 100%. I don't see how they pick <laughs> anybody else but Caitlin Clark. I mean, I, I mean Fever fans might uh, riot if that were the case. So she now has 3,569 career points and counting 49 of them last week. But you uh, she's had also, some observations as well. She's also fifth all-time
2: in assists. Think about that. It's remarkable. Not only the scoring. She's fifth all-time NCAA career in assists. Might finish fourth as well as first in scoring. So truly revolutionary when you think about the women that, that put their mark on the game and, and won Olympic titles and things like that, and won multiple yeah. national championships, obviously getting a ring uh, here would be very important in March for her legacy.
1: Well, that's the big thing, right? It's like, cause they're likely going to run into South Carolina again, who they beat last year, by the way, they beat yeah. South Carolina in the, in the final four, but ultimately losing to LSU. South Carolina is going to be the team that's standing in their way. They're undefeated right now at 23 and 0. I think it's, it's shaping up. Honestly, Mike, like, the women's college basketball game has a lot more juice than the men's does right now. For me, at least. Like, I, I just think, like, the, the teams that you have at the top of the women's mm-hmm. game, and the men's game obviously has some, like, UConn's back, the national title winners, and all of that stuff, but there's just. The players are not good. I'll just flat out say it. Like, it's it's a bad draft a lot of people have been talking about. It. There's no high-end talent there in the... I think the top five picks might all come from the G League. There's just nobody that really drives you to watch men's college basketball versus the women's game. I mean, Caitlin Clark is the biggest star in all of college basketball, men or women. You make
2: a great point there, Femi. Um, and 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 also, um, it's hard to get a consistency in the men's game, right? I mean, UConn's been very good, but... It's UConn, it's Purdue, and, and yeah. then teams take turns losing. Nobody seems to be able to win on the road in these conference games, right? It's really, no. it's really tough. So, um, we'll see. But you're right. There is, there, there is a lot more juice in the women's game, which I don't know if we'd have ever said that. Mm. Uh. What would, what would be more likely, a Super Bowl in Las Vegas or the women's college game, having more juice than the men's?
1: Hey, we got both of them. How this about year. that, Parley? <laughs> yeah, it pays out pretty well. Uh, we'll see if we can catch those tickets. Did you see, though, uh, in, in addition to this, Caitlin Clark's storyline, did you see the tweet from Holly Roche? She tweeted it last night. She said that Iowa head coach Lisa Bluter said that the Michigan players all wrote Caitlin Clark a note tonight kind of lauding them for their class in defeat and losing the game. What did you make of that? Because, like, I, I saw that and I was like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, I get that she made history, but this is also your competitor. Like, 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 isn't competition something here to where you should at least have some sort of pride? and Take pride in trying to stop her or slow her down? Well, like, she just put 49 points on your head and you're asking, thank you for letting us share the court with you. Like, what are we doing?
2: Well, it's a historic moment. I And at the same time, I think there was another fight in women's college basketball (laughs) last night. They knocked a woman into the stands. The fans got involved with some sort of malice at the palace thing in one of these small conference games. Uh, (laughs) It it was. I just saw a video of it last night. So it's really interesting, though. You know, they had a 17 point lead at Nebraska at Lincoln on on Sunday, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she needed eight points in the and, fourth quarter and didn't score and they lost the game and it was oh they didn't want her to get it because they wanted her to get it in iowa city and on, on thursday night and all that that game that loss at nebraska may be key in the in the not only in the big 10 but they might not even get the the two seed here uh it depends mm. on on how things flush out with indiana but uh um it would have been interesting if she broke it on the road what the, the reaction would have been in the moment for those visiting fans.
1: Yeah you would have gotten chairs and stuff just because it's it's a it's a massive moment there i just found it a little strange that the players were whether it was before the game or after the game i don't know which one is worse to be quite honest i i, I honestly hope that it was maybe it was afterwards because beforehand if you do that beforehand right in nose to the player you've already lost the game before you even tip off like that to me would be a little bit strange but i guess classy by michigan but i don't know i i i think that if, if there's a competitor out there there's a way to go ahead and recognize what they did without like bowing at their feet and doing all that stuff here but hey I, I don't run the they, Michigan program, so that's not me. They acknowledge what she's done for the game that they play. I guess so. But there's ways to do it than I mean, writing
2: a love letter. It reminds so. me a little bit. Now, this is not the right comparison. I know mm-hmm. you're a big Hubert Davis fan, but <laughs> hey, you Carolina's know, pretty good. You know at the ACC tournament each year they, they do a thing where they induct people into the legends of the ACC. Mm-hmm. And five years after Dean Smith retired he got to go out there as one of the legends that year. I believe it was in Charlotte. There was an eight. Minutes standing ovation from him from all teams eight, in the league eight so, minutes eight minutes acknowledging what you know they had competed against for 40 years but I thought that was a, a very special and, and significant moment still uh in ACC basketball yeah
1: but, but that's a little bit different though and, just yeah, different. it's after the fact but in the
2: moment they never would I wonder if eight, exactly. if Krzyzewski will get eight seconds When he becomes a legend of the ACC. Quiet, everyone.
1: (laughs) That was unacceptable tonight. (laughs) We love you, Coach K. (laughs) <laughs> but it is an interesting time, though, in, the, in hoops. Obviously, we'll talk more uh, about college basketball coming up a little bit later on. We have two guests on our program. 45 minutes from now, our buddy Sean Merriman lights out. Former NFL All-Pro linebacker. He's going to join us to yeah. discuss the NFL. He
2: had a tweet about Steve Wilkes yesterday that had uh, yeah. gotten plenty of pushback.
1: So yeah. it'll be interesting to talk about that with him. It's an interesting decision he that did. the 49ers <laughs> made. Moving on from their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. We'll ask Sean Merriman about that a little bit later in this hour. Then in hour number 2, 2.15 Eastern, 11.15 pacific our buddy michael calabrese college basketball betting analyst over at the action network will join us to make sense of the top of college basketball and we'll get a a look at tomorrow's card as well now that these saturday cards conference play we're in the thick of it these cards are going to get bigger and bigger as we approach march here just just a couple weeks away. are you ready for the madness a couple weeks away from march
2: breathe breathe a little bit then get ready for the madness um I'm very excited because now awards markets are opening up. All these future mm. markets. I mean, are you going to start delving in already? Buddy. We know this is, this is your wheelhouse here, Femi.
1: Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we have not placed any bets, but uh, we are still glowing in the, uh, the NFL honors last Thursday. <laughs> our, we had a text thread with our buddy Pritch, and as the awards were coming through, the excitement just grew more. I, let and
2: you, more, I should have <laughs> let you bet D'Amico with me. I should said, I felt bad. I tried I, to get you I, to bet D'Amico. I'll let you bet I, it with I, you. I,
1: I stood firm. I said, I'm not betting D'Amico. If he beats me, he beats me. Guess what? Didn't beat me like
2: finding thirty thousand dollars and under that trash can down there, whatever the number was. I know I know you were heavily, 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 heavily involved in Stefanski.
1: I tell you what, I might change my (laughs) name to Stefanski after last Thursday. It, It was a fun NFL season. But you did mention we do have those awards. MVP is already up at DraftKings. Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year. My favorite market No, man mankind, NFL coach of the year. All these markets are up. Maybe we'll get into those throughout the day here, but we'll discuss some of the more NFL headlines from throughout this week here because, hey, NFL keeps moving. Even though we're done with the Super Bowl, we keep moving and grooving. We have all the markets up for a Super Bowl next year, by the way. They, they were <laughs>
2: up before that game kicked yeah, <laughs> on
1: like Sunday. Conference yeah. championship Sunday, those <laughs> markets were up. But uh, we can dive into all of that. And we will, as we continue here, just getting warmed up on the Lombardi line, on this Friday here presented by DraftKings.
0: Hey, Sarah, i loved love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
3: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now, here is your host, Timmy Abbafei, on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: If you haven't already, check out the articles on the new vsin.com. One of them is the NBA at the Break Betting Primer. Our guys, Jonathan Van Tobel, Jonathan Von Tobel, excuse me, Kelly Bidlin and Zachary Cohen have put together a nice little NBA betting at the Break Primer, so you can go ahead and Play a little bit of catch up if you were diving into too much of the football and now, betting it post All Star break. Check it out on vsyn.com today. It's our new look website that has been terrific. A lot of great work put into all of that stuff. So uh, we're all playing catch up here, as this, this is the Lombardi line. Femi Abepfe alongside Mike Palm on this Friday. And you mentioned it in the last segment. The D.C. change for the 49ers. Steve Wilkes is now out. A lot of people upset about that, including one of our, our guests that's coming up here in about 30 minutes, Sean Merriman, the former All-Pro linebacker there for the Chargers. Lights out. will be joining us here on the show. But do you agree with the decision to let go of Steve Wilkes there, despite them getting to the Super Bowl and the defense, at least in the game, wasn't the real issue as to why San Francisco lost? I'll let people who know more about it than me
2: make that decision, because I don't think I've been in touch enough or know what goes on behind the scenes. I asked Michael this question yesterday, or we discussed it in the, uh, uh, in the C block in the first hour um, about the decision. And did he know anything? And you know, there was obviously some things said about how people get along and maybe that had to do with it. But he said mm-hmm. when he went back and watched the all 22 of the game, which is much different than the TV version that we get, the broadcast version, Yep, there was a lot of times the 49ers defenders look confused and didn't know their assignments. Um, And, you know, he, he could very well see that, you know, that's a conversation between Lynch and Shanahan that they needed to make a change, whether it was with Wilkes or without Wilkes.
1: People are using the word scapegoat when describing this. I don't know if I see scapegoat because we talked all postseason long about how this defense had been a liability. The Packers moved the ball on them. The Lions moved the ball on them. The, also, like also what the Ravens did in the Christmas night game. Like this wasn't like the eighty five Bears. Buddy Ryan getting fired after the Super Bowl here. Like what's like I don't know why scapegoat was used as the. I don't think it's
2: the appropriate term either. Yeah. Um, I thought Ken Dorsey was more scapegoat than Buffalo. So somebody had to, right? There had to be a change. You need to change something. So, look, uh, people are going to talk about if was the one key play of the game, Mm -hmm. the punt that hits the leg and then gets muffed. And and certainly Mm -hmm. that got Kansas City their first touchdown in the third quarter. I thought the key play of the game was the McCaffrey fumble on the opening drive. The 49ers played with their hair on fire the entire first quarter, and the score was 0-0 at the end of it. Yeah. They had a real chance to build up a significant lead and put Mahomes in a position he hadn't been in the playoffs. right? They had played from within one score or the lead the whole time. So I thought that was significant. Uh, do they want to change the defense? Michael um, alluded to their defensive line just isn't good enough to play that scheme anymore. And you saw in the second half and late in the game, they played a lot of plays, right? And they were yeah. t- but they weren't getting there. They just weren't getting there to put pressure on Mahomes. So do you need to, you know, with that line that you have, change scheme and is Wilkes the guy to do it because he plays one scheme? There's a lot of things that go into it. So I think our gutter reaction is like, this was the number three defense during the season, and he gets fired when you lose the Super Bowl in overtime. Right? The guttural reaction yeah. on the surface is this doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan, he explained it when he talked to yeah. reporters earlier this week. He said, quote, it just ended up not being the right fit. Where we're going and where we're at with our team from a scheme standpoint and things like that, looking through it all throughout the year, through these last few days, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. So, Do you I mean, think if they had won the game, this would still been the decision? That's an interesting. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I mean, they they can say whatever they want to say. That yeah. hey, like just scheme philosophically it didn't work. But I think if they win the game, they just run it back. Like that's just that's how things usually go, <laughs> you know. uh speaking of running it back, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, he got himself an extension. A lot of people have been saying, why isn't he a head coach? I mean, he's starting to get up there a little bit in age. But uh, Steve Spagnuolo, probably one of the legendary coordinators in NFL history, the only one. That has won four Super Bowls. And this one, probably one of his more uh, impressive performances, probably not quite up there with Super Bowl 42 being the 07 Patriots, but this was pretty darn good with what they were able to do.
2: So he came to Kansas City with a great reputation off the two Giants Super Bowl. He was heavily criticized when he came to Kansas City. He was. Right? This defense wasn't great. It was Mahomes, Mahomes, and they had to outscore their opponents into the 30s and 40s. Obviously, the last three years, it's been a different story. Um, and this year they, they relied on the defense obviously the defense carried them much more so than the offense since they've let, lost hill they've had to lean on their defense a lot more um i think he knows what he's good at and doesn't you know wants to focus on what he's good at i mean the chances that taking a head coaching job and winning a super Bowl are very small right and then the memory will be oh he couldn't cut it as a head why why not yep. just be why not have the shot to be called the greatest dc of all time yeah right
1: i mean there's nothing wrong uh, with that honestly. And, and you're with
2: you're with Andy Reid and, and Mahomes and that offense and that situation and that organization, you're in a great spot. So kudos uh, on resigning him and, and, and for him as well.
1: When you take a look at the Super Bowl market for next year, because uh-huh. never too early to look at next year's markets, uh, the Niners are the favorites at plus 550, the Chiefs right behind them at plus 650. Which one do you think has the better chance to get back to the Super Bowl?
2: I haven't thought about that a lot. I wanted to focus on the two conference runners up, Baltimore hmm. and Detroit. I think I'm intrigued by the Lions at 12 to one right now. Are you uh, looking at this board? And I know Michael Lombardi said yesterday the Bills are the ones that got to be kicking themselves. They had it all in their hands and. And, you know, they had three shots in the fourth quarter to take the lead. They had the ball last. They have yeah, you know, been saying that
1: for three years right now. They,
2: would have, they they had a shot and all. I, I'm not, I think their window is more so close. And I think the Lions window is just opening. I think they're on the team on the rise. I've I, You know, the Dallas teams in the early 90s, right, from one win to seven to 11 to two. I feel this way in the NBA, too. You keep going up, right? And you have to stub at a certain level, but you keep going
1: yeah, up. It's a process.
2: And, you know. I, I like where the Lions are at if they don't get the disease of me, as, as Michael says, where everybody gets asked to get paid and everybody's the best now. I would look to the NFC simply because that AFC North might have been the best division of all time and Burrow was hurt. And Burrow will be back. It's really tough. Baltimore's going to yeah. be up against it, right? And is Lamar the guy? I mean, you he he's your MVP and you don't want him having a lot of third downs that he has to convert, right? You don't want a lot yeah. of third and fives and third and, and longer than that. So I would say, I think the 49 I think Purdy is, is good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's shown that, right? They've got all those weapons. I know they can't keep them all. You got to do some work on the line. I think the 49ers are a better shot than the Chiefs because of the strength of the AFC. And, but of all the teams right now, I like the Lions. And, and just looking at this chart, I mean, you can search out for a better number. But at 12 mm-hmm. to 1, I think they're pretty intriguing.
1: Even with that division, the NFC North, which... Well, because the Packers? They're a young team this year. They could are take you, that next you, step. What are you
2: going to try to tell me about
1: Fields again? I'm the, not the, tell, <laughs> well, he's not going to be the quarterback. I don't think he is. It's likely going to be a rookie quarterback. They have a ton of cap space and a ton of draft capital as well. That could be an improved roster. The defense started to come on in the second half of the season. Will they take Minnesota? Caleb Williams first? I mean, we still got two months to debate you that, think? don't we? I don't know. Right now. Right now. I mean, I guess I would say yes. And he, Caleb and will Williams, he start day one if they do. What, what's he? What else is he gonna be doing? Uh-huh. You know, if if it's, if his fields is not on the roster, you got to start somebody. I feel like he'll be the day one guy. I, I mean, I, he'll be surrounded with pretty good talent, just given the cap space and the and the draft picks that they. Have. I don't think that division is the greatest. I mean, I think the you, Packers you don't like are- Minnesota. With, you weren't impressed with what O'Connell did last, this year with Cousins out for a majority of the season. They were still out there pushing for. A, I, they have a really good coaching staff.
2: Yeah, they what they were they were the the year before the same team. And they didn't get all the breaks, you know, and win every one score game. I I I. I think this line's a team that can can go and win on the road, and, and the Packers will be their their number one competition, mm-hmm. right? Because I think this is a really good team on the rise. Um, obviously, they changed defensive coordinators; that was a liability for them. But I think I still think that's a two horse race. I, I
1: think who's the, who's the best quarterback in the division? That's a tough question.
2: It's I don't think me. I don't think much separate. You think it's Golf? I think it's Love. I need more sample size. It's good, man. I need more sample yeah, size. Yeah, yeah, you can make the argument it's Cousins.
1: You could, I guess. Based on based on some of the advanced numbers, Gough, you could definitely Goff is awfully
2: better. good when the running game's working and he can play yeah. action, right? You, you you have to have certain things for him. But when you do, he's very accurate. Throw between the numbers. He, he does what you need him to do. Cousins is awfully talented. I just think that in the Maybe big, it's Caleb I, Williams. I think in the big <laughs> spots, I've never liked Cousins in the big spots. I think he's a terrible goal-to-go quarterback. Like, first and goal, if you look at his conversion of touchdown rate, I'm sure it's amongst the bottom third in Mm. the league. He he has a tough time in that short window uh, putting the ball in there. But... uh yeah and i like campbell i like everything i like the i like the energy around the program now it's awfully darn hard to get back to where they were this year in total control of an nfc championship game right i mean that's yeah. a long way to get back to even though it was on the road they were in total control of and that campbell
1: game. said it like he said i talked to the guy yeah. that told him that there's no guarantee we get back yeah. here ever again not just next year ever yeah. again because of how hard it is but the fact that they, they do have that continuity with the coaching staff they kept ben johnson they kept aaron glenn and all those guys it's they're going to be a really good team once again next year. It's just how good is Green Bay and how good is the rest of the division. If I told you you had to make a bet today on
2: on one team to win the Super Bowl, who would it be? It'd be Green Bay. Okay.
1: I mean, just to I, the, the upside of the young, talented skill guys with the Jaden Reeds. the If Watson can ever stay healthy, I think that's a big caveat, but Romeo Dobbs, they had a, a number of guys. Aaron Jones, obviously, is a really talented running back. And I think Jordan Love is just scratching the surface on what he could be. I don't know how they pulled it off, but once again, the Green Bay Packers found themselves a quarterback <laughs> to go from Farb to Rodgers to now Love, who appears to be the real deal. Uh, maybe Jordan Love can win MVP. We'll ask that question on oh, the other boy. side <laughs> as we start to take a look at the 2024 NFL awards market next year on the Lombardi line.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abepa, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vison.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit vison.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. He's Mike Palm. I'm Femi Abebefei. Uh, Sean Merriman, former NFL All-Pro linebacker for the Chargers, lights out, will be joining us in about 15 minutes. We'll ask him about Steve Wilson and, and what he thinks about his Chargers coming up in 2024. Jim Harbaugh now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. but. wanted to take this segment to not take a victory lap because we've been doing that for about a week now i can't do any more victory laps i'm I'm, my my legs are actually tired ellie can we get a heisman recap at some point (laughs) an hour or two i'd like a heisman recap i i I, I did take a look the heisman markets are up as well maybe sometime in the summer we'll get into the heisman
2: first down
1: Now we got to talk about him in the NFL. Uh, but the, the NFL honors was was wonderful. Anybody out there who tweeted at me, honestly, thank you for the support and all of that stuff. We appreciate all of it there. I know Mike Palm, this is driving you crazy, but we have to turn the no, page I was very
2: happy for you. I, I'd <laughs> like to ask you about, please, the 25 to one on Will Anderson. Yep. When did you make that bet? New Year's Eve. Really, it was still that high because that, I saw that on the ticket. But I thought you may have made it earlier
1: than that. No, it was New Year's. It was he. It was just coming back from the injury because he okay. missed a couple of weeks yeah. in December. So yeah. it was honestly it was a little bit of yeah. like a flyer, just like hey, yeah. twenty five to one. I don't think Carter's good enough to like be this big of a favorite. Let's just take a flyer on a guy who might be able to beat him. So uh, yeah, end up getting lucky that he got two sacks in the game that I took him right before he went twenty five to one, and the rest is sort of history there. So that was a nice cash on Will Anderson, but. MVP for next season, as we turn it to, to, to what people can actually bet on right now, over at DraftKings, the favorite, Patrick Mahomes at plus 600, Josh Allen plus 700, Joe Burrow, he makes his return, he's at plus 900, Lamar, the reigning MVP, is at 10 to 1, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Justin Herbert at 12, CJ Stroud 14, Hurts and Dak at 15, Tua 18, Rogers, he makes his return for the Jets at 22 to 1. Anybody that you think could have some high upside to win MVP or is it kind of the top dogs who are already taking up a, a bunch of the win probability? You
2: know, it's interesting on on Mahomes because statistically, why would we expect he'd be that much better? I mean, he wins games, and th- but mm-hmm. st- the award is a lot about statistics, right? Yep. Uh, and narrative. So... It's interesting because Josh Allen got the one first place vote that Lamar didn't. And it's actually someone that's on this network quite often and on Gil's podcast, Beating the Book, Aaron Schatz. He's a regular guest uh, of the podcast once a Mm -hmm. year. He's one of the rotating guests. And and he took uh, he voted for Josh. And he was the lone dissenting vote and, of course, took a lot of guff for that. Um, Josh Allen's interesting uh, because, you know, he'll put up numbers and he'll put up numbers both ways, rushing uh, and passing the ball. But, you know, if I'm going to make a bet on MVP, and, and it's not a market I normally bet, I, I'm not taking less than 10 to 1 at this point. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a flyer and it's going to be a long odds against someone you think can make a run and get you into a position. It's very yeah. hard to you bet one of these guys at 5, 6, 7 to 1 and then say, oh, I hope then, you know, they're going to get down to 3 to 1 within three weeks, you know. No. But somebody can come out and uh, are you. It, even 12 to 1 on Jordan Love is ridiculously low, isn't it? It's, it's a little high As high as you are it's on it's you? It's a little short If it was me. 20
1: to 1, would you take a look at 20, it? 20, yeah. Yeah. 20, but 12, I mean, the ticket's not going to cash for like about 350 days, literally. So mm-hmm. I think it's that's too short of a price there. But I think, I guess, the advice for people out there who are looking to bet this market maybe a little bit later on in the offseason or once we get to the regular season, it's pretty simple. The last seven years, it's been a quarterback of a one seed. So it's like, whoever do you think can be, it's like you almost handicap it by like handicapping the teams first and then go into like the actual individual players. Who do you think has the capability of getting the one seed? Is their quarterback thought of as an MVP caliber guy? Because we saw that kind of come up with Brock Purdy this year to where there was such debate about Purdy and like, oh, he's not really the guy. There's so many surrounding pieces. If a quarterback is thought of as an MVP caliber player, I think that they can win regardless of the surrounding talent. Purdy. Just happened to be Mr. Irrelevant, so people held that against him. But I think if you're the one seed, if you're the starting quarterback, you have a chance to put up big numbers. That's pretty simple. That's that's what wins MVP. So whichever of these teams you think can get the one seed, I think that's kind of where you start out from. Can your Cowboys get the one seed? I mean, I they is it can. Too, is it too soon to make you think about them? I, <laughs> I'm just kind of out on them. <laughs> honestly, I'm mean, like, yeah, like they can, but at that price, no, I'm not betting it. I'm not betting that. So, like, like, Love is a guy that I would be interested I think Love and Stroud are going to be the two popular guys that a lot of people like. Like, Love, obviously, we all saw the way that they ended the season. Stroud, the way the Houston Texans ended the season, what he was able to do in the playoffs. I think a lot of people are going to talk. To Stroud's almost going to kind of be like the Lawrence of last year where a lot of people talk themselves into Trevor Lawrence. I think Stroud, not to say that Stroud's not going to have a good year, but I think he's going to be a very kind of, Appealing bet for a lot of people at fourteen. Tank Dell will be fully healthy. Okay, he was huge.
2: I thought I, it, he was big. He man. was huge for them, and, he was. and the loss was huge for them as well. You know, when he started to come on in the middle of the year and Stroud and, and this team made noise and a Tank Dell, I had to look up that he he went to school there too. To I don't even remember him playing in college. Yeah. That name, but
1: he yeah. was great. He's out there for Dana Holgerson <laughs> in that offense. No, I, I I do think that the MVP will be interesting, but I think right now it's probably a little bit early. I do want to ask you, though, about coach of the year. I once said it, it's my favorite market. Stefanski, the reigning winner in coach of the year. The favorite is Jim Harbaugh, plus 550 for the Chargers. Matt LaFleur is 8-1. to I think that's wrong. Raheem Morris is 10-1. Steichen, Salah, McDonald, Ryan's 14. Sean McVay and Ibra are at 18. And then Dave Canales of the Panthers, Is at twenty to one.
2: (laughs) He's missing a zero. Dave Canales. (laughs) Is he? I I think so. But how about Mike McDonald? How about Seahawks?
1: I want to. I want to grill you though on Canales. Do well, you think Canales is a good choice? Well, I think this time last year... He went in it with six wins. Everybody would have <laughs> laughed at you this time last year if you said D'Amico Ryans was a good choice. No,
2: I wouldn't, you know. I, uh, no no one that's would have No you're, one you're would have laughed. revisionist history. No, it's not revisionist they history. They had the second all lowest of,
1: win total of any team it, in the, does the league. doesn't matter. We all
2: yes. knew what this guy could do for a team. <laughs> you knew? Okay. We all knew... <laughs> <laughs> you knew in advance. We knew. I didn't know they'd win the division or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. But we knew that he would
1: make them competitive in every game. We knew that. <laughs> we knew that he had a pulse, unlike their last coach. Uh, McDonald's the guy that jumps out to you, though, for the Seahawks? I don't know. I thought I thought, uh,
2: for teams that got new coaches, you could say the charge. But, I mean, Seattle was right there to, to have mm-hmm. a playoff. They were, thought they were going to – They were a favorite to make the playoff before the year started. I, I think they still have a pretty good nucleus. I think – They've had to address the defense in recent years. I I think he did a great job in Baltimore. That's one of the reasons I tend to think it will be hard for Baltimore to run it back as a one seed, losing him. And they lose some key pieces, too, on that defense. Um, Yeah, I I, I would if if looking at this list, I would say McDonald
1: at 14 to one is the name that stands out to me once again with these lists. I would implore people just kind of like look at the history of what typically wins and it's year over year improvement. This year broke everything. No one knows what what is the award now? It didn't. What is the award? You
2: win 11 games when your win total is 10. I mean, what is this award? If you have
1: have four game improvement from year over year, you're eligible essentially is what the The season win total is what this award should be based (laughs) on. But the the voters are not looking at that.
2: Well, they should look at it. But they don't.
1: They don't look at it. So it's like I, like, I, I agree with you that Cleveland, expectations where they were a 10-win team. They won 11 games. But for a lot of people, they saw last year they won seven. Now they won 11. Like, that, that's how surface level it is. He had four quarterbacks.
2: No one ever thought any of the quarterbacks were going to be any good. And he had a defense that played well at home. Oh, great. Flacco comes off the couch. He throws the ball 50 times a game. He's hey, coach of the year. That's comeback player of the year, he's, Joe. He's, Flacco he's, to you. I know, I know. All right. <laughs> I mean, can you can you tell us, can you tell us, I'm not say give the exact number, but for your NFL awards betting this year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: how much money did you make? All in with all the tickets you bet <laughs> and all the money you collected. I'll
1: tell you during the break. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. Well, people know you did very well. We did. We, we did very, you, very well. You the capital did V north of fifty thousand in profit. I'll tell you after the. I,
2: I, it's the break. okay to tell people had, you did very well. I, I, I mean, I, I don't want you, the IRS to come after me. Oh. <laughs> That's what it is. A lot of people are signing these tickets, probably.
1: <laughs> Femi's got signers. <laughs> We're spread out <laughs> <everywhere>. <laughs> But uh, I, I do think Harbaugh's going to be the interesting guy, though, at plus 550. It's just... They didn't win a uh, lot of games. What are they going to have
2: to do for it? I mean. But, but once again, though, okay, the four again, game You don't care about, you don't care if it, their win total nine and a half or ten. The people I care, the people who vote don't care. You know who does a great job? Professor Aaron Moore, who was mentioned in the v Daily Newsletter day on a great article. He college. mentioned you. He did. He did. What, what was that line that he gave about you? The Jonas Salk. <laughs> the Jonas Salk. Somebody I, said, I does that to... mean I've cured it? I've. I think with the, the and Bill Berman, who's a good friend of Michael Lombardi, yes. brought this up. Yep, he, friend of the program. He clearly saw it's that you know Jonas Salk gave away the vaccine once that once he discovered it, and it's how I give away was all that this. Pfizer give, or was that Give it all. Okay. Give away all the great advice for relatively free. <laughs> <laughs> <Relatively>. Relative. <laughs>
1: you do charge a little bit I, I, on the back end i don't want the irs coming after me hey you know what nobody does <laughs> it's tax season's here man well, uh, yes, you don't want them to come after you uh opoi the favorite is christian mccaffrey he's the rating winner and then the defensive player of the year favorites Micah parsons he's going to be the favorite in this market preseason until he eventually wins it i feel like that's the case there i would not bet defensive player of the year or offensive player of the year right now just get well actually you know what I'll amend that. Offensive player of the year, Puka at thirty to one. I think is interesting.
2: Is there a market already for comeback player of the year? Do
1: they there's not. That, I was, believe me, me, I was run, looking. <laughs> <laughs> believe me, we're gonna roll that Flacco into the, into the market. But what a market that's gonna be this upcoming. Rogers, I mean, you get Cousins, Burrow. There's a lot of bangers in that comeback player of the year market, though. Coming up on the other side, though, lights out. Sean Merriman joins the show next.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Pom and Mike Pritchard. Now, here is your host, Timmy Abebafe,
1: on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings. Femi and Mike Palm here on a Friday, the Friday after the final week of the NFL Super Bowls in the rear view. Now, as we turn our attention to many other sports, we're still talking football, of course, here throughout. We did a little NFL awards segment in the last segment. We still haven't
2: broken down our Super Bowl bets. We can get to that in the next hour. We we can get into that. Uh, How did
1: Super Bowl go well for you? Uh, I hit four out of five bets.
2: One nice. a little that's, lucky. That's a
1: good day. One a little lucky. McCaffrey combined over. Got to, needed the overtime. Hey, hey luck or gra- <laughs> it doesn't matter. It all cash is the yeah. same. So you will go ahead and get that money there. I know I didn't have a ton of prop bets. I think I had about five or six. I just it, it gets a little bit overwhelming at times. You know, with the Super Bowl, to, the menus. You have to be and- able to keep track of it too to sort of enjoy and plus there's live markets on this stuff too to keep track of exactly and i also didn't want to be looking at my phone the entire two (laughs) week lead up which is kind of what you got to do if you're shopping around for the best numbers you're just on your phone with all the apps up and it's not the easiest stuff to navigate i know this is a very first world problem but yeah no it just it was it was not for me uh this year at least for betting super bowl props i just kind of wanted to bet the, the side i had a strong opinion on the side i bet the chiefs and and that went really well for me so the that was good i enjoyed the super bowl halftime show you're a big fan of usher I lost it when Luda came out. I'm a big
2: Luda. I'm a big Luda "Luda!"
1: guy.
2: Chris Bridges is a tremendous actor. He really is. We've all seen the The past The end of season eight, the final episode of Law Mm -hmm. & Order Special Victims Unit, where he plays Darius Rucker that episode, uh, the
1: best of the series in 25 years. There we go. Uh, Well, joining us now. This man goes by the nickname of Lights Out, one of the mm. great nicknames in all NFL history there. Former All-Pro for the Chargers, the great Sean Merriman joining us here. The owner of Lights Out MMA. They have a big card come up. We'll get into that in a little bit here. But, Sean, we appreciate you taking the time for joining us this morning. We got to start with, with Steve Wilkes. We were all surprised about this. The defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers fired <laughs> days after the team loses the Super Bowl. Do you think that this was a scapegoat scenario? Why do you think the Niners ultimately decided to dismiss their defensive coordinator?
3: well you know for me uh you know steve wilkes i don't know if you guys knew or not but he was the uh defensive back coach back when i was with the charges so i know steve uh wilkes pretty 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 well um now you never know what goes on behind the scenes right i don't know if there was an argument during the super bowl he called something that was out of line i mean there, there could be a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that we see, but if they're saying strictly on performance i don't understand that right um you know, to my knowledge, I think they held Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, to under 20 points. Um, and, you know, Steve Wilkes also doesn't play special teams. That muff pump they had when the punt, the the punt, the punt, ball hit the guy on the punt that came down and, and it was a crucial part of the game. So there's little bits and pieces that we don't know about on the back end. But if you're talking about strictly performance, that part I don't understand the firing for.
2: I want to push back just a little bit, and and your tweet got some uh, reaction as well. I I know others were discussing, but I follow you, so I followed the whole string. Uh, I talked with Michael Lombardi yesterday, who's the namesake of the show, and he said when he went back and he watched the All-22 and took the time to do that, he said there were several times where the 49ers defensive players looked confused and didn't know what their assignments were during the game. Some of that falls on Steve Wilkes, Some of it falls on the players, but that could be part of this.
3: Yeah, no, and by the way, no doubt about that because before I jump out there and say hey, it was a wrongful fire mm-hmm. or anything else, there could be something behind the scenes that we don't know, right? There could mm-hmm. be some communication, maybe Kyle Shanahan came down and said, "Hey, I, we need to be in this situation," maybe Steve Wilks said no. Right? So there could be some underlying things that don't that we don't know about. As far as the guys don't know what they're doing on, on on the field and some confusion. By the way, that's what Kansas City have done to almost every team at some point this time this time this year. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of confusion. There's a lot of formations that they came out and, you know, caught a lot of teams on their heels. That's the greatness of Andy Reid. So I was a little bit shocked at the timing of the firing, right? Because I think that there's some uh, defensive, uh, you know, defensive coordinator vacancies that's open. that was open several weeks ago. That's not open now, right? And so if you make this decision now, there's very limited options, but I think he'll be an asset to anybody wherever he goes.
1: Yeah, we're speaking with Sean Merriman here, former NFL All-Pro. They're playing for the Chargers, former defensive rookie of the year, now the owner of Lights Out MMA 14. They have a big card coming up later on tonight. Uh, what did you make, though, of the Chargers? Obviously, they hired Jim Harbaugh. That's been going on for about a couple months now. I guess, do you expect them to now immediately contend in this AFC West division because they have now the two-time defending champions in that division as kind of the the the, the standard that they have to kind of attain there with Jim Harbaugh now as the head coach?
3: I, I think you hit it right on the head, right? Because without talking about the playoffs, without talking about the Super Bowl anything else, the best team in football is in your division, right? So now you have to go out and win your division first. And if you, you know, one thing that makes Jim Harbaugh great and why he's been great in the past at, at just turnaround organizations and programs is he, he's about building blocks. It's not a, hey, we need, we're going to the playoffs, we're going to the Super Bowl talk. This is a, hey, guys, we need to get in the weight room in the gym today. We need to establish an identity, establish a, uh, you know, a physicality about who we are and, and really set the tone today. And that's what makes him, uh, makes him great. Now, I, I understand the fans and everybody else excited for Super Bowl playoffs and, and how great they're going to be down the road. But great coaches like Jim Harbaugh is, is more in, is more impressed about what happened today with the team than it is, you know, 10 months from now.
2: But I want to talk about one of the storylines of this year's playoffs, not necessarily um, the Super Bowl, but the, but the conference championship game. I really loved everything that Baltimore had done, Come a very physical team on both sides of the ball. We've talked about how physical their defense their defense was, and they had a good mix of running the football as well as passing it. But in that AFC championship game, second and four, all of a sudden, they're throwing the ball down the field and really went away from the running game. As we look at the landscape and how tough this AFC North was, and now Joe Burrow comes back, what are your thoughts – on Baltimore as a whole being able to to get back to an AFC championship, win it, win that division. And your thoughts on Lamar Jackson and again the storyline in the playoffs, he wasn't able to get his team to the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that nobody can do is take away the season that they had, right? I think I think in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens was the best team in football. You know, unfortunately they ran into, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. That that's what happened, right? And you know, it's no doubt about it. Um, which I was a head scratcher for me that Patrick Mahomes really beat them with his legs in that Baltimore game. And you got Lamar Jackson on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. This, this a tremendous runner. And so when I talk about Patrick Mahomes, there's greatness. We're also talking about his decision-making ability to run the ball and ice the game when he needs to. And you would have hoped that, you know, Lamar Jackson a few times, it took off and ran and, 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 you know, kind of put the team on his back. Um, but they got a they got a great young team. I know Flowers had the, the taunt penalty. He fumbled, got the ball punched out as he was diving in the end zone there. But that that guy's ceiling in, in this in this in this in football is is through the roof. I mean, it, it's going to be, you know, what he's capable of doing. They they go get a running back. I think they're talking about uh either Dirk Henry or Saquon Barkley. They're gonna beef up that running game to give Lamar Jackson a little help. Uh hopefully Odell is back, but they got a strong team to make another run this next year.
1: Hey, Sean, before we let you go, please tell us about what you guys have going on tonight. There are lights out MMA 14 over at the Thunder Studios in Long Beach, California. It starts at 5 o'clock on FUBO Sports. Uh, tell us about the card and what you guys are excited about later on tonight.
3: Yeah, we, we got a massive card. Uh, I would say we had weigh-ins the other day and they got a little a little out of hand, a little Uh-oh. physical. Um, <laughs> a little heated. Uh, but you know, all good there. But we got a we got a big card tonight. Lights Out Extreme Fighting 14. We'll be live on FUBO TV, FUBO Sports at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh more information, you can get lights out We got some 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 guys that I believe that are gonna be superstars in the sport. A couple guys already fought in the UFC. Alba Morales, who's a, uh I believe is a co-main event um tonight, who fought in the UFC trying to get back to the UFC. AJ Hopkins, I think gonna be one of the first fights. AJ Hopkins played linebacker at Oregon, uh, which with actually with uh Justin Herbert around that time. So we we got a big card, but more importantly, man, we're gonna test out these uh these tech gloves tonight that can measure speed, power punch, impact. And see if we can give the, the fans and the people and the da- uh, more data and information that's watching uh, hmm. watching at home.
1: No, that's really cool stuff there. And a, a little bit of animosity is good in the fight game, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's all what we want in the fight game.
3: <laughs> and look, I'm in the fight business. I, I got no problem. A little heated battle, so uh, it, it adds a little bit of a stamp of what's going to happen tonight. So you guys don't don't want to miss this one. Seven o'clock uh, PM Pacific um, for on Fubo.
1: Awesome stuff there on football. Lights out MMA 14. He is Sean Merriman, former NFL All-Pro defensive rookie of the year as well. Sean, we appreciate the time. Be well, man. You got it, man. Thanks having me. Thanks, Sean. Good stuff there from Sean Merriman. Uh, interesting. That's Baltimore. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's takeaway. They were the best team in the NFL, but when it came down to it, they just didn't. They didn't run the football, which I'm still flabbergasted about three weeks after the fact. But I guess hey, that's here, or no, there, no more.
2: Kansas City never stopped them running the football. They, oh.
1: they stopped running it. They, j- they
2: just stopped they running. They stopped it. running it. So stopped for all self. this praise, and I said, everybody, temper your praise on Todd Monken, right? Yeah. Temper your praise a little bit. Uh, I thought he came up small
1: in the big spot there in the AFC Championship. They played panicked.
2: that game like they were down four scores, not ten points.
1: Panicked. Yeah, that's the, panic. That's, that's the word that keeps coming up whenever I think about the game. They panicked, they lost he, it, and the Kansas City Chiefs now are two times. Meanwhile, champion. Greg Roman, former offensive
2: coordinator, going to go coach for the other brother <laughs> at SoFi. Holy
1: Spirit of Seeking in the house, baby. <laughs> Herbert Reed option. <laughs> 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 we'll talk some more NFL to start hour number two.